0: Hi, I'm Mike Phil. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment Family. I swear I talk more in the episodes.
1: Hello there, I'm Colleen.
0: And I'm Anders. We're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories, so of course we love Star Wars.
1: And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. Every week we journey to a galaxy far, far away to discuss what's new in the current Star Wars canon and beyond. This week, we're excited to continue the beyond part of that statement with the next three shorts from Star Wars: Visions Volume Two. This is your spoiler warning for Vision Season Two, as well as pretty much everything in the Star Wars universe. Blanket and warning, beyond. everyone, and beyond. Anders, we're ready to hop into the flying porta potty and win this race.
0: Colleen, you know I know how much you love a racing episode, so start those engines.
1: Excitement City, population me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so our first short today is I Am Your Mother. (laughs) This was written and directed by Magdalena Osinksa with a teleplay by Holly Walsh and Barunka O'Shaughnessy. Uh, It was animated by Ardman in England. The main voice cast includes Maxine Peake, who voices the titular mother, Kalina, Charithra Chandran, as her daughter, Annie, you may recognize her from Bridgerton Season 2. Mm-hmm. Check out our Bohemian Geek Studies episodes on that season. And then, possibly the best one here, Dennis Lawson makes a cameo as Wedge Antilles, the character he played in the original and sequel trilogies. They got Wedge to play Wedge.
1: and After he said he would never play Wedge again.
0: <laughs> and I am so upset that Daniel could not be with us tonight to record this because he is definitely a Wedge stand.
1: Yes. We we stand Wedge in this like for real. Every all we do, real. we do. We all we stand do love, wedge. We love Wedge. He's like technically probably a better pilot than Luke because he's as good as Luke, but he doesn't have the force. So it's like Wedge is just out here surviving all these great battles. It's no wonder he has an academy now. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so the plot for this episode is very cute. It's very adorable. Some years after the Empire's defeat, Wedge Antilles has formed a flight academy for New Republic pilot trainees. One cadet, a Twi'lek named Annie Kalfas, was inspired to become a pilot by her mom, Kalina. However, she now finds her mom to be super embarrassing and very coddling. Which, fair, which teenager doesn't think that their parent is an embarrassment. <laughs>
0: And what mother is not just proud to embarrass their teenager? Oh, yeah,
1: completely. That's their job. Annie doesn't tell her mom about the upcoming Starship family race and is teased by her rival, Julen Van Riepel. Let's be fair. That is a villain name. (laughs) That is (laughs) such a villain name. I can't even help it. Julen and her mother, Dorota, insult Annie and Kalina, who arrives at the race with Annie's forgotten box lunch. (laughs) <laughs> that that's
0: so much she spent so much effort on that it like she looked did. like her and even when it like blew up it looked yeah. like her
1: it was, it was so cute and so so sweet so then kalina's like yeah no this is not gonna fly with me so they race with kalina's ramshackle tug ship and come to terms with their relationship once they win they eventually beat the van repels completely love that scene and annie apologizes to her mom Helena says moms are supposed to embarrass their kids. That's their job. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: This episode, this one was just so good. This might have been the one I was looking forward to the most. Just because I was familiar with the studio. Like, mm-hmm. I was never huge into Wallace and Gromit, but I always enjoyed it. Uh, Love Chicken Run. <laughs> And I was really excited to see how they could bring that kind of fun, playful, claymation energy into Star Wars. And one of the things I loved about this, not only did they take the time to examine a mother-daughter relationship, which is something that despite Star Wars very much being about family and parents and children, mother-daughter has not really been one we've seen a ton of. Mm -mm. So it was cool for them to do that. And... You know, we talked a lot about the possi we've talked a lot about the possibilities of visions and how it is very much carte blanche, do whatever you want, explore, tweak things, change things a little bit, whatever you think Star Wars means to you. And we've had some incredible results. One of the small drawbacks, I think, has been that so many studios took that and ran with, Oh, cool, now I can explore the dark side. Yeah. I can do the Seth. I can do, we can do these the things.
1: Seth and the Jedi stuff.
0: Whereas here they said, let's just take a look at the everyday people. Mm-hmm. There are no Jedi or Seth. There is no force in this. It is just the average people in this galaxy and what are they doing day to day? Which is just really cool to finally explore. And they found such humor and just made it so heartwarming along with it. I loved okay. this one.
1: So much heart. I love that we got like the comedy, which is trademark of Ardman. I love Walls and Gromit. I love Flushed Away, Chicken Run. They just make some of the best, funniest movies of all time. And Star Wars needs that. It needs the silliness to balance the super serious stuff, which we'll see later in our other shorts. This was just really nice to have after our first three, which were all very serious. Like, this was... The Empire's been defeated. Wedge and Tilly's is, like, <laughs> running an, a flight academy and running this race to fund himself. Would be like...
0: <laughs> yeah, he's also, like, buy my holo novel.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm a hero of the Republic, which fair. And they probably didn't pay him anything. So, yeah, give Wedge the money. <laughs> I'm here for it. I love it. It was very, very... In the animation, of course. Super cute. Absolutely. Love the styles. Every single... Alien Species just stood out and looked great.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, a little bit more about Ardman. It is a British animation studio based in Bristol, England. It was founded in 1972 by Peter Lord and David Sproxton. They didn't really receive any wide acclaim, though, until 1989 when they created Balls and Gromit. I still need to actually check out Curse the Were Rabbit. I never got around oh my to watching God. that. It's
1: perfection. <laughs> Absolute perfection.
0: <laughs> they are very well known for producing stop motion animation shorts and films. Although they have used some computer animation in movies like Flushed Away, their film Chicken Run is the highest grossing stop motion animated movie of all time. Definitely would have thought that would be Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, but Chicken Run is fantastic. I love. Don't chicken
1: underestimate run. Uh, Mel Gibson playing a rooster.
0: Wallace <laughs> and <laughs> Gromit: Curse of the Were Rabbit won the 2006 Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, and deserved. they're just an all around, all around fun studio.
1: Mm-hmm. They have fun, like they just every single concept that they have, it has a lot of heart and meaning behind it. But they will never give up their comedy. Like you can pry it from their cold, dead claymation hands. not gonna give up the funny
0: stuff that was another thing i was really like surprised with in this in this short like other than like maybe one or two very small bits it all definitely felt like it could just be like real star wars like this is really like Mm -hmm. what happens in this universe the ships all everything belonged Mm -hmm. literally with the exception of the mom flying in with, like, the laundry coming out the windows and she's like, happens yeah. to like, land on the yeah. starting line, I'm like, okay, that's where you're getting into the suspend your disbelief. <laughs> right, whatnot. right. Like, how would else... she not
1: know? Like, how would she not know she shouldn't be parking? There. Yeah.
0: Everything else fit.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, cultural influences. Uh, everybody was cursing, but it got, like, bleeped out in certain ways, like the Wookiee yells a curse in his own language and everyone's like yeah (laughs) i love that kind of thing that british humor is often very dry whereas this one is just straight up funny circumstantial funniness um the voice actors are all from the uk or ireland so you get all these great accents love 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 the accents and then i really enjoyed that there are so many different cultures within the uk A lot of because of the colonization, which is not so great, but also they have just a very diverse population. So I thought that this short did a really good job featuring all of these like intersecting species and races of people in Hannah City. Like, yeah, the marketplace should have like a ton of different people selling a bunch of different crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, (laughs) the droid, who we would call Z1. They call Zed1 because Z is Zed in the British English. And I just thought that was perfect. I'm like, yes, of course they would call him Zed1. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Speaking of Zed1, he's the bestest boy. He is one of the cutest droids that I've ever seen. Colleen has been tinkering with him and making him like Slinky Dog from Toy Story crossed with (laughs) R2-D2. Like and he's an Astromech that stretches. andy has
0: got the uh the the retractable power cable.
1: He's like a vacuum cleaner. Also, he's. Got... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is fantastic, but even though Andy makes fun of him and it's like him breaking down all the time is not cool. It's embarrassing. Some of his like cool embellishments and attachments come in handy during the race. Mm-hmm. Like he would have fallen off, and he didn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and your mom would have fallen off and probably died.
1: Mm-hmm. but she didn't because mm-hmm.
0: she could ride the droid
1: exactly <laughs> he's not embarrassing anymore <laughs>
0: absolutely not all right a few other kind of classic star wars call outs that this short that this short made uh that we haven't talked about yet so this is set on the world of chandrala uh which is mom mothma's home planet hannah city is the planet's capital i don't know why have we ever seen chandrala on screen before I don't think so. I definitely didn't place it at first. I definitely thought this was just like another desert planet. And this is not what I would have envisioned Chandrilla's capital city looking
1: like. Mm -mm. Not from the books either. Like the book descriptions. Yeah. Aftermath books.
0: I would have thought of it's much more Alderaan Naboo style.
1: Mm -hmm. Maybe that's the countryside. Like this is probably their Chicago. I'd like to see more of Chandrilla. Like a lot of our big name characters are from there. It becomes the capital of the New Republic for a while. I, I would like to see more. Mm-hmm. Give us more. Of one of the very wealthy planets that did not get blown up.
0: And it's like, not a desert. Yeah.
1: And it's not a desert. There's water here. Alright, next we have Red 2 and Red Leader. This is Annie and Kalina's, like playing their little flying games, calling each other these call signs. Red 2 is none other than Wedge Antilles. Make sure you buy some of his merch for the specific veteran support fund. Very specific veteran. <laughs> um, Garvin Drees was the Red Leader in the Battle of Scarif and the Death Star. He's the guy that gets shot down by Darth Vader on his trench run. Stay Not on so target. Not so good for uh, Kalina to be calling herself Red Leader. But, hey, it works.
0: Position's open.
1: Position is open. <laughs> With that flying, she could probably get in. I don't know.
0: Just, just show them the Ryloth roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then we have Annie has a stuffed Max Revo from Return of the Jedi and a Harrison Dula poster. So she loves her uh Twi'leks
1: and excellent pilots
0: and She's great like, pilots.
1: Like yeah, I'm like yay, Hera! General Syndulla, I should probably say at this point. <laughs> this I really loved seeing this. There is one shop in the Chandrilan marketplace that has a stall selling wood carvings. It looks a lot like this kind of fake store setup in Galaxy's Edge, where they have like little carvings of a loath cat and porgs, um, all kinds of other stuff. Every time I walk by it, though, I'm like, I want that. Like, I want the wood carving. Stop giving, <laughs> like, stop showing me it. I actually want to buy it. <laughs> but no, you cannot buy it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's okay if you don't necessarily buy them all, because the Wookiee might rip its arms off. And here we get a lovely reference to Wookiees liking to rip arms off things, even though they're little stuffed animals. Because we get the little claymation Wookiee, who is trying to intimidate, I guess, yeah. his opponents. And so he rips the arms off of his little plushie.
1: I think they were making fun of him, because he had a stuffed animal. Yeah. And, and he he's... was just like, nope. <laughs> And then when they're flying later in the race, he, for some reason, has taken control of the ship. Yes. (laughs) And his parents are, like, freaking out, and his plushie is, like, flopping around in the cockpit. (laughs) Just fantastic. I love all these, like, little attention to detail that Hardman does. Speaking of attention to detail, the Van Ripple hairstyle looks a lot like Darth Vader's helmet. Just saying. (laughs) It looks... A lot like And the Van
0: Reeples look a lot like Mrs. Mrs. Tweedy or Mrs. Creedy, the yeah. the lady from Chicken Run.
1: Yes, very much so, Mr. Tweedy. <laughs> and also, their color scheme is a little bit imperial, like black and red. Did Wedge check their references before letting this girl into his academy?
0: I mean, their little gun is a is a mini Death Star.
1: Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yep. It's fine. I'm yeah. sure Wedge is like, oh god, the trauma. <laughs> and boy. then
0: one other like small little reference here, and I I do not believe that this was an intentional call out, but um I did notice a connection at the end where um, you know, even after Annie calls her mom embarrassing and the mom's just like, Well, you know what, we're winning this fucking race. Yeah. And she's just like, I mean, I am your mother. I'm always going to love you. I am you. your mother. <laughs> I'm always going to love you. I'm always going to have your back, you know, even if I am a bit embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm in the middle right now of reading The Princess and the Scoundrel, Ooh. which is the wedding slash honeymoon of Princess Leia and Han Solo. And there is a moment where Leia has basically been trying to sneak ambassador work into their honeymoon. <laughs>
1: And, Shocking.
0: <laughs> and they're having an argument about it. And Leia's like, well, if you didn't want to, if you didn't want to do it, then why did you, why did you like back me up back there with the captain? And Han just says, because I'm your fucking husband. Of course, I'm going to back you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Good answer, Han. <laughs> he hasn't fallen apart yet.
0: Doesn't matter if you just insulted me. I'm going to back you.
1: I also right. liked the uh, inverse of I am your mother being a very loving accepting line whereas when vader says it to luke it's ominous and horrifying so it was really just nice to, for her to be like i am your mother like, <laughs> i'm embarrassing and adorable i of don't course. care yeah.
0: <laughs> all right next up our next short i know you're very excited to talk about this one colleen <laughs> we have <laughs> journey to the dark head this was directed by young gwen park and written by chung si rong uh, it was animated by Studio Mir in South Korea. The voice cast includes Ashley Park, who voices Era, uh, Eugene Lee Yang as the young Jedi Tool, and soon-to-be Fire Lord Ozai. Daniel Day Kim lends his voice to the Sith menace, Bishan.
1: Oh my god! I'm so excited. <laughs> when I saw the voice actor, I was like, "Ooh!" <laughs> <laughs> be really great. I love Daniel Day Kim. Like this is like. Mm. I miss Daniel in these moments also, because he would join in my, like, thirstiness for Daniel's sake. <laughs> <account. laughs> and us both feeling like we're going to need professional therapy after the live-action Avatar The Last Airbender, because he is going to be smoking hot <laughs> as Fire Lord Ozai, and we should not like the villain, everyone. We should not. Ozai suck. But he is pretty hot. So, I mean, they had to get somebody who was good looking to play. (laughs) Moving on to our plot synopsis for the episode. During the initial war between the Jedi and the Sith, a young monk named Ara believes that the statues on her home planet control both light and dark sides of the Force. She resolves to destroy the Dark Head statue to end the Jedi-Sith conflict. Years later, Ara has become a mechanic. She requests permission from the Jedi to destroy the statue on her home planet. And they assign her young Jedi, Tool, as like her little bodyguard companion. As a Padawan, Tool lost his master in a battle with Sith Lord Bishon, leaving him super traumatized and in constant fear. The two journey to Ara's home planet to destroy the Dark Head, but are confronted by Bishon, who wants Tool as his apprentice. Everybody always looking for apprentices. Like, all these... All these Sith are out Major there. Major Dolph Marl energy. Major, yes. And Tool's like, no. With the Ezra energy. Like, no, I'm not not going to do that.
0: And he's even moodier than Ezra, though.
1: He's super moody. This is a very emo boy. But we love him. He's super cute. At the statues, an epic fight occurs between Tool and Bishan. This is one of my favorite sequences in all of this Visions volume. Their lightsaber duel, holy shit. Is it's,
0: it's pretty incredible.
1: Super intense. Um, So much emotion is going on through that. The voice work through it is incredible. Ara is, she's going to blow up the dark head. She discovers that the colored lights on each statue move from one to the other, however, red and blue, showing that the force is never fixed as either light or dark. She cannot destroy either statue and helps Tool defeat Bishon. Kind of violent. (laughs) (laughs) The way that Bishon goes down. However, at the end, they realize, like, they kind of have a coming together moment. Like, we should hang out more. Like, let's go do some adventuring together and see if we can, like, make it through this Jedi-Sith war.
0: Yeah. All right, Colleen, I think you were definitely, (laughs) you are definitely more excited about this one than I am. So why don't you just get into your reactions? Let's let you vamp for a little bit.
1: (laughs) Okay. We'll let you be like, (laughs) meh. I absolutely loved it. I loved this short. This was like the ninth Jedi for me where I want more like this could be a TV series. It could be a movie. I don't think it could be like a super long movie series unless the kids were just maybe bit players in it, mm-hmm. but I want more. I definitely want more animation was fantastic. That one shot, like the far away shot of the dark head and the light head statues Had very Lord of the Rings vibes for me, like Lord of the Rings meets Star Wars. Just beautiful cinematography, perfection. I liked the story. I love a whole, like, the teens are going on an adventure, and one of the teens is like, oh, no, they've given me another teen to be my friend. Ew, you're a kid. And he's like, I'm not a kid. You're a kid. You're both kids. Like, let's come on now. Very Avatar, the last airbender, sending children to do your work. Thank you, Jedi. Um, the voice works really, really good. There's a dub, English dub, and there is a sub with the Korean voice actors. That's very, very good. Very thirsty for Lord Bishon. Like, yep, amazing. Character design, fantastic. His whip saber weapon thing was really cool. I'd like to see more of that kind of stylized weaponry in Star Wars. I also like that we get that kind of Dumbledore way of looking at things from the Temple Elder. He tells Ara that war and conflict are constants, and it's their duty to record what they see in the stones. However, he's not as willing to fight the darkness as Dumbledore is. He's like, this isn't a Jedi temple. What do you think we're here to do? (laughs) We're just here to, like, inscribe stuff. We're not here to go fight evil. Like, okay, dude. Come on now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It just seems rude. Okay, what did you think?
0: Okay, I did really like this chart. I loved this short like i think everything you're saying is is pretty spot on um the animation was really cool the story was interesting the way they kind of tweaked what we know about star wars but also made it familiar the concept of the heads and how and having those lights move between them was absolutely beautiful and also a really great reminder about how Everything kind of exists in balance mm-hmm. and is always kind of, and is always in flux and in motion.
1: We need both. really
0: cool. I think for me, the reason that I was not as hype as you and as Daniel are and as a lot of people are on this particular short has really nothing to do with the merits of the short itself. It just kinda has to do with its placement. It feels much more like it belongs in Visions Volume One when yeah. they were all anime.
1: Mm-hmm. It has an anime theme, know, for sure.
0: As you know, I am not as big on anime.
1: Still
0: <laughs> loved all of Visions Volume 1. But I was so excited to see these different and new animation styles in Visions Volume 2. That this just kind of like felt like something we'd seen before. That
1: is fair.
0: But like I said, not the merits of the short itself. That's just a preference on my part. I <laughs> loved, loved the whip.
1: Yes. As a weapon.
0: That That's was really so cool. cool.
1: It's like jagged and every part of it is dangerous. Like, you know, if you touch any part of it, you're going to get cut. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, oh, God, of course he would have a weapon like this. (laughs) He's so sexy. He's got a sexy weapon.
0: (laughs) All right. A little bit more about Studio Mir. It is headquartered in Seoul, South Korea, and was formed in 2010 by Jae Myung-yoo and Kwang Il-han and Sung woo uh, you had previously worked in animation for over 20 years, including on Avatar The Last Airbender. He chose the studio's name after the Russian space station Mir, which inspired him uh, not only for its scientific breakthroughs, but collaborative spirit. Studio Mir's most famous work is on The Legend of Korra, which is the Avatar sequel, but they've also worked on series like The Boondocks uh, and Harley Quinn on HBO Max. Awesome show.
1: Yeah. Those are, that's quite a pedigree. When I looked them up, I was like, holy crap, they've done <laughs> a lot mm-hmm. of animation work. Whether they're, like, producing or just helping out with the season here or there. Amazing. Like, they do such good work. And I like the whole concept of, like, working together and collaborating and not needing to be, like, the front and center star. Which kind of makes sense that they agreed to be in Visions. Definitely. So, like, yeah, we're part of a collaborative effort. Like, we're going to make this fucking amazing (laughs) short (laughs) like you can just imagine them animating this being like this is going to be so bitching it's going to be crazy good (laughs) and it is good job guys okay so cultural influences i know more about japan and japanese influences because of anime i do watch a lot of (laughs) k-dramas so i do have some background with um south korean shows be it animated or a lot of Live action with its rom-coms, zombie movies, um, Squid Game, of course. I think that one is the most ubiquitous that people will know. So for this short, right at the beginning, the temple, the robes, the elder. It seemed very Korean, very Asian-inspired. Like Ara and the other temple workers have these elaborate colorful robes and they wear headdresses while they're working. And then there's the wide bearded older guy as the elder writing stuff down in with his like little his little codex parchment looking stuff and he's like Ugh, youth <laughs> I love that guy he's fantastic I would love to see more of him <laughs> uh there were also lotus blossoms that we can see at the end of the short inside the temple and these symbolize creation birth reproduction I like that this kind of showed how Ara and Tool are basically created in this temple whether it's RS seeing her initial vision that kind of jump starts the entire story or how Tool ends the story by realizing he needs to find balance between his dark and light selves. That's just very, very, very cool to me. It's like imagery, symbolism. <laughs> very much here for it. I love it. Um, Bichon, fantastic. No, no <laughs> whatsoever um his costume very very asian inspired that chain whip looks a lot like there's a chinese weapon that is very like this chain whip and there's also a um japanese weapon that is called the koi katsu shoge i'm probably mispronouncing that and i'm very sorry which is kind of like this snake and scorpion tail kind of looking weapon Ooh. which is really really cool like there's so many really cool asian martial arts style weapons that we can look for more in star wars please and then i kind of imagined bishan as a ninja who had lost his way so i did a little research and there's actually a korean version of ninja who are called the Horang or flowering knights they were supposed to be an elite warrior group with outstanding morals so i love the idea of bishan being a jedi and falling to the sith and losing his moral compass and then trying to trying to sway poor young sweet padawan tool to his side (laughs) which also like the name tool like yes we get it more (laughs) simple please give me more i love it and then of course a little bit of historical context i don't know if they specifically were going for this at all but most people know about the ongoing conflict on the Korean peninsula between North and South Korea. So it's kind of like this struggle between the dark side and the light side, but then you have to remember that dark and light are interchangeable. They always are going to be together. Like North Korea and South Korea can't just separate each other. They always are going to have to be on the same peninsula together. So they have to kind of find a way to get through their conflict. And it's like, oh, well, if only Star Wars could be the bridge that could bring them together yes (laughs) i don't think so that's never gonna happen but we can always no probably
0: not all right next up we have the use of color here very classic star wars here red and blue you know just like some of the most classic lightsabers the dark and light sides of the force these colors fluctuate on the statue showing that dark can be light Mm -hmm. and similarly light can become dark we get the line, the next wave carries as much hope as it does despair from Tool to Ara, once he realizes that the dark and light will always end up coexist and never truly defeat each other.
1: Yeah. It's like there were some banger lines. There
0: shirt. really were.
1: It's like, yes, this is true. And now you guys can go adventuring and you're you don't have to be romantic, but you're really cute together. <laughs> 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 it's kind of like Call and Marin. For um, Jedi Fallen Order. Like, just let him kiss every once in a while.
0: You know, what? just team up. Go help Sabine find Ezra. Mm
1: hmm. Mm hmm. Exactly. Attachments are not bad. Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of the Jedi. Okay, so next we're going to get into our Star Wars connections and callbacks section. Another Jedi council seeming pretty chill, sending teenagers to blow up religious statues. Not going to lie. <laughs>
0: Child soldiers, you know, it's all good.
1: Yeah, it it seems totally fine. I did like that one of the council members was like, "Uh, should we really be doing this? The (laughs) the one who was probably like the Yoda position, the head of the council was like, yeah, that's fine.
0: (laughs) Don't worry, everything's fine.
1: Yeah, this seems good.
0: I mean, let's be fair. This isn't a Jedi temple. It is, in fact, a non-Jedi temple, which Mm -hmm. was cool to see a Force temple that's not officially affiliated with the Jedi or the Sith. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, were these Temple Acolytes Force-sensitive? Did they see these visions? Were these kind of like Guardians of the Wills?
1: Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. I was like, I think they have to be maybe not Force-sensitive per se, but at least be able to touch the Force in order to be able to see these kind of visions. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's like Mace Windu's planet where everyone is Force-sensitive, but to varying degrees. So maybe these are like the most Force-sensitive so they get sent to the temple to be acolytes under the elder who's just pissed off all the time i love it i love it a lot um we get a new force ability here this reading the seeing stones i do think it's a force ability i don't think just anybody can look at these things and be like oh look the future or maybe if they do they would just have no idea what it meant But, you know, the Jedi have a really bad track record with visions. Not so great. The Elder tells Ara that she needs to train and focus so she doesn't misinterpret the seeing stones. This is a lot like Yoda being like, you know, don't pay too much attention to the visions that you think are the future since the future is always in motion.
0: Mm -hmm. Maybe Anakin should have listened. (laughs) (laughs) speaking of so tools carrying a lot of anger and a lot of fear with him just like anakin however in the end he does not give in to it
1: he does not thankfully (laughs) and maybe it's because he's younger i don't know he's just able to overcome well i think he accepts the dark swokes swokes. (laughs) folks is the race of alien who sells ara her supplies I was like, this is great. I love the design. He <laughs> looks fantastic. He's really into violence. Like He's like, oh, explosives and a parachute. I wonder what you're going to be getting up to. Uh, little is known about these guys, though, besides that they can regenerate some parts of their bodies. So I'm guessing they're reptilian, lizardy, but mm-hmm. not as dickish as the Dranktoshin. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's also some cool gear, too. Like, she's got those climbing gloves. So, okay. Ara gets these climbing gloves that attach to the mountainous terrain by the statues. These are new in Star Wars, but Kanan does use something similar in Rebels when he has to ha- rescue Hera on Lothal. Mm-hmm. Which time? I don't remember. That happens a lot.
1: <laughs> the final time. <laughs> when he has to scale up the, like, the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The climbing things. And, I'm, the and I'm not going to cry. It's fine. I'm not going to cry. And then, of course the amazing line reading i'll never join you (laughs) that tool says to lord bishan this is of course luke in emperor strikes back when vader's like yo i'm your dad you totally need to be a sith lord with me like you can be my apprentice we can overthrow the emperor everything's going to be great and luke is like hard pass
0: (laughs) 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 and last up for today is the spy dancer this was written and directed by Julian Chang. It was animated by Stumiel Lacachette in France. The main voice cast includes Camille Cotton as Loye, the spy dancer, and Lambert Wilson as John.
1: John, yep, her, her buddy that builds the TIE fighter tug <laughs> shuttle. Ship that, shuttle that gets them out of there. <laughs> okay. I really liked this short also. This is just a really good run of episodes for Visions. This one, whew, so beautiful. Okay, so it is set around 20 years after the formation of the Empire. A group of aliens similar to Zabrax run a high-class club for stormtroopers and other high-level Imperial officers. The club's main dancer, Loi leads a faction of the rebel alliance she places trackers on imperials who come to her shows during one performance she spots an officer who seems familiar and sends her fellow performers away planning to kill the officer because he kidnapped her son years before Loey attacks him however it's a younger man she backs off but her cover is blown in her frantic escape Loi fights soldiers and kx series droid Creepy, creepy, scary. With her acrobatics and flowing dress, Loewy and the officer confront each other on the roof, where she reveals that the man is most likely her lost son.
0: Dun, dun, bah, dun. Bah,
1: bah. I am your mother. <laughs> it's like, yes, get after it. She barely escapes. Later, we see the Imperial officer on his ship. He has a tracker on him and takes off his hat, showing his severed horns.
0: That was brutal.
1: Really, that really image brutal. Was brutal, and he also wears an eye patch, so you can't see his heterochromia. Mm-hmm. He has two different colored eyes, just like his mom and the rest of his race. Boy, you ain't human <laughs> for real.
0: I loved this one. I thought it was so cool. the The entire concept being very reminiscent of like the French Resistance during World War II. Mm-hmm. It was high class cabarets. Distracting thing, distracting the patrons while gathering information the the costuming mm-hmm. so cool mm-hmm. using the ribbons and those big flowing dresses. everything about it was really amazing. Her jewelry looked really amazing, and it turns out she's got like the the one that's like a locket with the hollow inside. Yeah. Everything about it was so cool. This is, again, just the idea of taking something familiar and doing something completely new with it that we haven't really seen before.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the troops on the ground. Yeah. Like stormtroopers also, like, relaxing <laughs> and being mad when their show gets interrupted and they have to, like, actually fight. Right. They're like, like this- oh, here we go. <laughs>
0: This is the type of short that would not feel out of place if they did a motif like this on like an Andor episode.
1: Yes. That would be fantastic. Reminded me too of the casino slash brothel sequences in the Boba Fett show.
0: Yeah, definitely Mm -hmm. a little bit.
1: Garza, Foot, rest in peace. Oh, poor Garza. We love you we We love you dearly (laughs) oh man i yeah i adore this short it's so beautiful just the animation it's different so different from the other shorts i love a 2d style i loved how flowing it was very different from star wars star wars is usually bombastic and a little bit more in your face and this was just flowing like every single part of it was like a dance our spy Mm -hmm. dancer I liked that the storyline was lifted from French history. We're going to go over that a little bit later. But it was interesting to have a very exact analog to this short while watching it. Like, you definitely knew where they had gotten this idea from. I really like that Lois' plight was brought out slowly. Like, this is a slow burn for her trauma (laughs) that we're figuring out and why she's fighting for the Rebellion. I also like that I think she is a slight Force user, or at least she's Force-sensitive But her style is so different from the Jedi that we know. Like, if she has any sort of force ability, she's using it in her dance. Mm -hmm. Like, this is like the physicality of a Jedi, but not necessarily their their fighting prowess. Like, it's not a fight. It's a dance.
0: Very much dance.
1: Love that. She's
0: an extremely talented dancer. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. A little bit more about the studio. So, Studio Lacachette was founded in 2014 in Paris, France. The creators, Ulysses Melisande and Julian Cheng, uh, and Usama Bochera, Bocheria. I'm not sure. Sorry. Uh, met at the, names. <laughs> yes. Met at the Goblins School of Animation in Paris, where they were united in their love of Japanese animation.
1: Anime. Anime good.
0: (laughs) Their website states that they are somewhere hidden in Paris, which gives them a little bit of a rebellious reputation. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've worked on numerous projects, including Love, Death, and Robots. Still have to watch that. Very good. And uh, Jendi Tarkovsky's Primal. Another Star Wars
1: connection there.
0: Another Star Wars connection. I believe Primal is getting ready for a new season coming up.
1: I think so, too. The animation in that is very, very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Different from this because it is that more brutal cutting style that Gendy usually prefers. But still, that just shows how versatile they are. All right. Getting into that cultural influence. This is definitely, as Andrew said, French resistance during World War II in France. Fantastic analog. I love it. I would love more stories like this. Very much like Andor was the people, the regular people who are trying to survive through an imperial occupation. Um, In real real life, there were numerous female spies for the Allies during World War II in occupied France and elsewhere. Dancer and actress Josephine Baker hid fighters for the resistance and smuggled documents out of North Africa during World War II. Get after it, Josephine Baker. (laughs) I love her. I did not know this about her. So, like, girl, amazing. She's a freaking world hero. I liked this, too, that about 15 to 20 percent of the French resistance were female. The reasoning was that they were harder to detect than men, male soldiers. They could like get in and out of places a lot easier. There were 39 women who worked for the special operations executive who were the spies, basically like the higher level spies. They inf- infiltrated communities behind animal lines in France. One agent, Odette Samson, whose codename was Lise, was discovered and tortured for information. She never said a word. Nothing. Basically said, I don't have anything to say to you, Nazi scum. And she was sentenced to death and sent to a concentration camp, which she survived like a baller. She just like, she's like, no, I'm not going to (laughs) die. Not going to die here. Um, Another young woman started the war as a 14-year-old rebel who became the first female combat paratrooper. Like, these women are so badass, and they're integral to the Underground Rebellion during World War II, just like Loe is in this short. Like, she is bringing all kinds of information for the rebellion just by performing for the occupiers. Love it. Love, love, love everything about this. A fun note that I found out. Uh, you're probably going to like this one, Anders. Miss Moneypenny from James Bond is based on an SOE spy.
0: Interesting. Don't mess
1: with Moneypenny
0: don't ever mess with money penny.
1: Mm-mm.
0: Next up we have the use of color here, the very bright costumes of the performers uh versus the very stark white, gray, black of the stormtroopers, the imperials uh and that KX series droid.
1: Oh my god. Is
0: <laughs> very scary. You know, at first you see him, and this, again, just kind of like an in indoor, where we see the K-series droid, and we're like, oh, it's K-2, yay! And then, no, he is very, very much a death droid. Mm-hmm. And he even has that little Terminator motif when he's cut in half and still crawling toward her.
1: Yeah. Not a fan. <laughs> no. Not a fan. Of that.
0: Uh, some other Star Wars connections that we haven't mentioned yet. I mean, we have Stormtroopers here taking off their helmets.
1: Yeah, normally they're like freaking cult of mandalorian and the mandalorian they don't take also, off their helmets
0: definitely saw a fat stormtrooper
1: yep yep we did that was great too <laughs> but like super young when the one guy took off his helmet and was led into the establishment i'm like he's a baby like he's a full-on a baby and he's been conscripted to be a stormtrooper not a fan of that I am a fan, however, of the C3PO bust that was on Loey's makeup table. Super fun addition. She had like put little, <laughs> some of her little feather bow like, the feather, Yeah,
0: the feathery bow over.
1: He <laughs> looked so great. I was like, 3PO would actually probably like that.
0: I don't know. He didn't have arms though. It was just no, the bust.
1: It was just the bust. Mm-hmm.
0: Then we have this line, you know, before they're getting ready to start the show, they have this to the ones we've lost. You know, oh. remembering those that came before. You never know, maybe some Bothans yep. also died yep. very much to get them the information that they need.
1: Mm-hmm. All this. of the people who died at the Battle of Scarif. Mm-hmm. Like, every rebellion person who perishes for because of the Empire. It's like, oh my god, it got me in the feels when they did that together for the start of their show. Like, this is the reason we're doing it. Like, we're not doing this for fun and games. It's serious. We're doing it to try and end this evil empire like ugh, heartstrings were pulled. next we have the music i liked the uh, conductor musician guy i don't think he was mon Cal, but he was definitely an amphibious um, race and his music reminded me a lot of the opera sequence from revenge of the sith so i'm like <laughs> palpy would totally love this show
0: he really he would, be- would
1: all about this show he loves artistry and of course this character i think this might be the only time in visions volume two where we get the line i have a bad feeling about this <laughs> and it comes from this little froggy guy as he's trying to do his conducting for the show <laughs> great no no it's perfect person to be saying that though uh
0: next up so Lloyd Lloyd's dress I think it reminded you, Colleen, very much no. of a lot of the special effects in the movie Nope. Not spoiling that, just go watch it.
1: I didn't, I wasn't sure if you'd seen it, Anders.
0: <laughs> I haven't actually.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I won't say anything then. It but it did. Once she unfurled, I was like, wow. <laughs> this is <laughs> definitely from Nope. Please go watch it. It is very good. Next we have Louis Weapon and the Imperial Officer's weapon were really similar, was kind of that baton style. Whereas his is like an open, like, I'm a cop and here's my baton. And hers was the spy concealed in her jewelry, that kind of baton spike that she was going to use to kill him. I love that kind of weapon. Any sort oh. of hidden weapon in a sleeve or jewelry.
0: I still love she's like holding up to his throat and it's just and she's telling him, calm down.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Is it that only, you realize that she is you. definitely his mother? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Big tone. Big tone from Loey there.
0: <laughs> and next up, we have all the ATAT walkers. Those are what you, are used to ultimately destroy this kind of cabaret venue. Uh, do they really need all
1: of them in one place?
0: Probably not. But they're the empire. They just kind of roll with it.
1: Major overkill. <laughs> like, really, this is how we're going to take out the building? Okay. <laughs> Seems like a whole lot. Uh, we mentioned this one before. The hollow of Lois' baby was her pendant in her really cool necklace locket and she ends up giving that to her son so he has it which is like a tracking beacon to her so she's probably going to have to leave like her group if Mm -hmm. he can find her but then she can always find him too because she also throws a tracker on him (laughs) like you can take the girl out of the rebellion you can't take the rebellion out of the girl Yep. Um, oh, and me... one other thing I wanted to. Oh, what were you going to say?
0: I was going to say that reminded me a lot of like Ezra's Hollow of his family.
1: Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, except the mom and the son are alive here, but I'm. Oh. <laughs> oh. <so
0: sad. laughs> you know who's not? Kanan.
1: Oh, why? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody go watch Rebels. It's fine. Everything's happy and super fun. In Star Wars Rebels, um, I wanted to bring up one other thing: justice for the waiter-such waitress droid who totally tries to take out the so KX cool. series by itself and gets torn in half. <laughs> like, oh, I'm really glad that didn't happen to R2 when he was the bar server in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Thank goodness. But yeah, justice for the waiter droid, please, someone. <laughs>
0: All right, now getting into my favorite part of this, where I force Colleen to rank these shorts. Now, Colleen, Mm if you remember how this goes, Mm -hmm. I'm basically (laughs) going to go down your list, and you're going to tell me for each of these shorts whether you would rank things higher or lower. And as soon as you say higher, that means that's its place. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: let's start with I am your mother. So your top choice right now, your top ranked spot belongs to In the Stars. Mm-hmm. Do you rank I am your mother higher or lower than in the stars? Lower. Lower. Okay. Would you rank I am your mother higher or lower than Sith?
1: That's a tough one. Um, I'm going to go lower just okay. because I love the watercolor art style.
0: Okay. So... Would you rank I am your mother higher or lower than Screechers Reach? Higher. Higher. Okay.
1: Higher. Mm-hmm. So that's
0: got your number four spot.
1: I like the humor. It need it needed it.
0: <laughs> it really did. All right. Now we have the dark head. Would you rank that higher or lower than in the stars?
1: Higher. Higher. I, I had a feeling that was <laughs> yep, the yep. number. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> All right. And finally, we have Spy Dancer. Is that higher or lower than Dark Head? Lower. All right. Is Spy Dancer higher or lower than in the stars? Higher. Higher, all right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so of the six that we've done so far, your current rankings are Darkhead, Spy Dancer, In the Stars, Sith, I Am Your Mother, creatures Reach.
1: Yep, yep, it fits. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, my turn. I Am Your Mother, am I ranking it higher or lower than In the Stars? This is actually a really tough one. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go higher. I I really like "I'm Your Mother" a lot.
1: That's fair, completely fair.
0: All right. Uh, next up would be "Darkhead." I am gonna put that lower than "I'm Your Mother." Lower than "In the Stars." I'm gonna put it lower than "Sith."
1: <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> Our lists are going to be really different.
0: <laughs> I know. they start. You and I started out this week. Our, our ones from last week were the exact same, but now
1: they're... Mm-hmm. I'm also Next gonna week's going to be crazy.
0: <laughs> I'm going to put it lower than Screechers Reach, actually. Wow. I mean, we're talking very small degrees of difference here, but...
1: That's the problem, is that they're all good. So all it can take is, like, one tiny little thing. Yeah. For you to like it a little bit. All
0: better. right. Spy Dancer spider answer goes lower than I am your mother.
1: Ugh. It's it really hard. In the stars, <laughs> this one's really
0: hard. <laughs> I'm gonna go lower than in the stars. I really liked the animation in that one so much. Mm-hmm. Sith. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna put it higher than Sith. Because like what gives Sith the eggs, and I talked about this a little bit last week. Like it, it's might Sith might be the most beautiful mm-hmm. of all of them, and really interesting animation-wise. But I really like the story and the uh, it just kind of holistically. I think I like Spider Answer more.
1: Mm-hmm. That is fair. The storyline in Spider Answer is very very cool. Yeah, something we really have not seen before.
0: So my list right now goes: I am your mother. In the stars, Spy Dancer, Sith, Screechers, Reese, Darkhead.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait until we get Daniels. I know these, on these ones. I think <laughs> next week is going to be tough because oh, I think those are going to be super tough. Those are a lot of lower ranked ones for me. Mm-hmm. I think one of them might have a contention for higher ranks, but two of them are definitely in my lower. My lower I can think names.
0: of one of them that's definitely lower. Two of oof, two yeah. of them, mm-hmm. two of them might be in contention for mid to high tier.
1: Mm-hmm. It's gonna be tough, everybody. <laughs> this is our favorite part. This is how we torture ourselves. <laughs> Which one do we like like best? Which ones do we like best? We don't know. Oh my goodness. Okay, here we go we're done. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today, everyone. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at YASWpod. Follow us wherever you're getting your podcast. Hit that follow button. Check out our previous episodes on the main Star Wars films and other great Star Wars content. You can check out the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can find Anders and me and occasionally Daniel on Bohemian Geek Studies podcast. You can also find my Star Wars book reviews on bohemiangeekstudies.com. Although I think Anders should start to do some reviews because he is totally, totally <laughs> reading past <laughs> me in the High Republic stuff. <laughs> I
0: haven't, I just haven't gotten to, as much into Legends yet. I am As mm-hmm. soon as I, when I finish Princess and the Scoundrel, I'm caught up on canon novels.
1: That is fair. That is very fair. And of course, join us next time when we discuss the final three shorts from Visions Season 2. Until then, dear listeners, remember, of course we're embarrassing. We're podcasters.
0: (laughs) Bye, everybody.
1: Bye, everybody. (laughs) Remember, donate to Wedge and Tilly's. I mean, the Support the Veterans Fund. The specific veteran. (laughs) effect.